You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Okay, so chapters spoilers, 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 spoilers. <laughs> Get out of here, spoilers. Chapters prologue through five, uh, rated Ep- S for spoilers. Yeah, epigraphs included. This is going to be a full-on spoiler discussion of things that me and Mac have noticed in our second read-through with cosmic implications and just absolutely cool and hair standing up on skin yes. just moments so here's let's get off what we, what we were just talking about we just did an episode on the epigraphs so you can hear us read all the epigraphs going up until chapter five yeah, um, very very quick very brief and you know something i noticed that i didn't want to mention during that episode is it does kind of feel like its own little story when you actually read them back to back to back compared to getting them at the beginning of each chapter. It is it is kind of fun reading the epigraphs on their own. Or at um, the, sorry, at the end. Well, and so one thing that confused me with the epigraphs, that confused me with the world, was when I first read Mistborn, I did not imagine the world as being a dark red sky covered in ash all the time, you know, constantly in dusk. Uh, with brown plants yeah. i thought the plants were green yeah and that's one of the things that i think you've been doing great for our our new new listeners as a simple way of being that guide and nudging in a non-spoiler way you keep reminding them that that's how it looks and in the epigraph portion you pointed out which i think was correct everything's green right and that's beautiful weird. lands that's supposed to be weird and it wasn't until like i think even into book three that i realized that green plants are weird because i remember him remember mayor being a thing i mean I, I knew it in the first book but like again it doesn't jump out to you it's right. like one of those things like ruins earrings right like, right it just does not jump out at you so we made it we had a debate earlier about whether or not um this was a lindy or it was harmony and it's pretty clear it's 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 a Lindy, you know. I mean, we had a debate. I mean, okay, I I mentioned it for like thirty five seconds, and, and then, then you read it, and then I read it and I went, oh, okay, this is clearly a Lindy. Yeah. Um. So, uh, one of the things that I I thought was really this was a hair standing up moment on the on the epigraphs was, I will have the power to destroy. I will have the power to create. I will have <laughs> the future of the entire world on my arms. Brandon was just like, hey, by the way, that's how the book ends. Or, or, or Era 1. Yeah. yeah. Era 1, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because Brandon mentions that the death throes or whatever in, in Stormlight uh, are supposed to have the, like, the ending of Stormlight in them. Possibly. Supposedly. That, yeah, but this is the thing. Those... But it's when, subtle. When we get there, we will have an in-depth discussion on and, those. And again, it, it's it's subtle. So this was another subtle, you know, kind of subtle move. Um, I just thought it was funny. You, he, he is foreshadowing ruin and preservation in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, but let, moving from the epigraphs for a minute, um, we talk about building in the ska. So we, one of the things I thought was kind of far fetched. Um, was how Kelsier becomes the survivor, and that's like a huge plot point, and that yeah. like brings the ska together. But he's setting it up so well, and I missed this early on that the ska are superstitious and they're very big gossips, so they spread things really fast and they hang on to superstition really hard. Yeah, he's he's using that flaw to his advantage here. Right. I mean, a flaw. I mean, it's part of their culture, and 
I, true, I, true. I missed it. I just missed that on my first read that, you know, that explains really, really well why, you know, Kelsier as the survivor gets spread so much that he becomes a major religion, you know, even through era two. Um, I never realized how much Kolos were mentioned in the first book. Yeah, they were just like dropped consistently in the first book. And, a lot. Yeah, and you just didn't. You, at one you point, don't even see them. At one point, they're like called brutes that could like, you know, they're like, they'll storm. Like that happened in our review for this week. They'll storm, you know, if they storm the capital, they cause more destruction than possible, which by the way, we get to see in yeah. book two. We get to see that destruction firsthand, how terrible it actually is. And yeah, like they just are named. They're just dropped like boom 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 consistently and we just never see them yeah and i that's the thing maybe it makes me wonder do we actually maybe do see them in book one because i don't think we ever saw them until book two i was just saying well not up to this point you know not up to chapter five at least yeah it, but i didn't even realize they were even mentioned until then um and then you know we get some foreshadowing because it talks about uh cave in the prologue we talk about caves how in the east housing rebel ska so we get that mentioned it that shows up in later chapters um i've i've been collecting the quotes of reen because i'm convinced mm -hmm. at this point that every time reen is quoted it is actually ruined yeah i i'd have to agree because at one point the little bit of evidence you dingled you dangled in front of me dingled dingled, <laughs> dingled in front of me um <laughs> the little bit of evidence you you hung in front of me because i was originally when you mentioned that i went maybe some of it's rain you know i know a lot of it is ruined i would say most of it's ruined but what you kind of like hung in front of me that got me to agree with you that it might all be Rune is in this beginning when she puts the earring in in these first set of chapters. Rune was talking. She puts the earring in. It gets way louder. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what convinced me and, that moment. And, yeah. And we know what the earring is. Everyone, you know, you better not <laughs> be spoiling yourself. So, you, you know, if you're listening, then you you know what the ring, the earring is. and Right. Yeah. And so so let's here's some quotes I pulled from Rain. Um, when you're alone, no one can betray you. Ruthlessness, ruthlessness was the very most practical of emotions. Um, there were a few. Uh, the surest way to survive is to make yourself indispensable. I will have the power. Oh, sorry, that was a different. That was a different. That was one of the things. But these are, you know, initially I was like, oh, well, these are just reading quotes. But it was that moment, I think in chapter like three or four, where she puts the earring on. And then she says later on, like a paragraph or two later, she goes, Reen's voice started ringing, uh, coming in clearer than it was before, louder than it was before. And you and if you didn't even if you didn't know what the earring was, you didn't even notice. It's like nothing. You're like, oh, OK. Yeah. Know? And you could even write it off because I want to say that's around the time that um, Cayman's like beaten, beaten the snot out of her. And so like you could be like, oh, the voice is ringing even louder now because it's supposed to be implying that Vin didn't listen to right. the teachings and that's what's happening. But no, I a hundred percent believe, like you said, it's because that earring got put back in and we know through, you know, era one and through era two, that you know, being spiked, you, you are way more influenced by ruin. Yeah. And you can hear ruin and ruin will actually directly speak. I mean, we, we had the, you know, in miss one or two, he was directly speaking to that guy and um and then he was like you, you you always think he's crazy until the last moment he goes oh, you didn't even know sorry yeah no 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 misborn book two sorry misborn era. book two not era two i mean i mean but i was like he's gone by that point. yeah <laughs> yeah um 
but i mean that it just blows my mind like you know everyone talks about like you you it's obvious when you know when you actually know about it when you can see it but you can actually see that um it's so subtle though like i saw like after i finished you know everything and i was like going back through the books i i noticed a couple of people be like man i already knew it was ruined i saw this coming so far i knew about the earring and i'm just like when they go liar Brandon, Brandon's like Brandon was so good. He was so subtle. Like, right. I have no doubt some people figured it out, but it flew right over my head. It was such a big reveal to me that that was what it was. And it was great. I mean, he doesn't need to play his. He doesn't need to be heavy handed with this. He just says she put the rearing on, and oh look, this happens. Um, no, that to me, not being heavy handed like plays to like what he talked about in his lectures before. He's mentioned how he's mentioned show not tell. He's mentioned. Um, you know, the iceberg effect, right? Where world building is an iceberg effect. You see everything on top and then below it's completely empty, right? And the whole goal is to to world build just enough that the world feels real, but to not overdo it because you don't need to. And to me, by not being heavy handed, it like it leads credit, like it gives him like this, this viability. It feels more real for it not being heavy handed. Well, and what's funny is... Like I, when we, when I was rereading this, just because I was honing in on those moments, um, when we talk about Ruin in Secret History, like you, we may, we mainly hear Ruin's voice in the second book. Um, you know when he's speaking to people, and it, I I'm just now remembering that Ruin is very very simple when he's mentioning things or he's talking to his people. He's like, kill him, kill him, you know, or whatever. And what he keeps telling Vin is. You need to be alone. Everyone will betray you. Everyone will betray you. And it's just the same, same thing. It's constant. It's very repetitive. It's the same message again and again and again. And that's very ruined, you know? You know, something that kind of feels weird to me is something I want to think about here. Did Reen actually say a lot of this? Or did Ruin just mess with her so much that she thinks this is how Reen was? Yeah, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Because at the end of book one, you know, we're not going to be there yet. We'll talk about it more later. But at the end of the first book, you know, Vin realizes Reen didn't give her up, didn't abandon her, right? Right. Reen was caught and literally took the torture from the Steel Inquisitors and took that secret that she was alive to his grave, which shows that, like, he did the opposite of what he said. He had her back literally to the very end. He saved her life. He's he's, he's done, you know, who knows? And so, like, I mean, I have hair standing up on my arms right now. I was just thinking about it. Like, was this all just ruins gaslighting? Was Reen actually just never this way? Right. And, and Vin was just twisted because she was spiked. Right. And um, we know that, you know, Ruin's influence is so intense that, you know, she he made her mother kill her own child. Yeah. And spike, make a hemologic spike, which, oh, you know. God. Let's talk about that really fast, because, again, something that's incredibly obvious, you know, even when I realized my first read through that that was a spike. I did not, I like, I was like, oh, that's a spike. But it still did not register in my head that Vin's sibling had to be a misting that the mother spiked Vin with. And that's why she can pierce copper clouds. Yeah. Crazy. We'll talk about that again more once we when get to that up, effect. When it comes up, right. But, but that's going to be, a, you know, it, 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 it's really, really, really cool. Um, let me see here. So we got, um, you know, they, he dangles a few things, dangles a few things. There was something... There were a couple other things I had mentioned. Um, let me see here. Mother tried to kill her when she was very young, and Ring had saved her. Yeah, we're just trying to go through our notes because we don't want to miss anything. This is like 
again, this read through, this is what makes it exciting. Being able to talk to somebody else and like notice all these little things. I love, again, I think I mentioned in one of our first, first episodes that I like to play D&D. I'm normally the dungeon master. And one of the things that I loved witnessing when other players were DMs and things like that was the ability to dangle little bits of information in front of you. And it turns out it comes up something big later down the road, foreshadowing and promises. And that's like all of Brandon's writing is foreshadowing and promises. Well, something I totally forgot and, and, and maybe I just missed it, but I just totally forgot. I didn't realize Kelsier wasn't a misting or a misworn, you know, didn't have anything until he went to the pits. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't, I, I just forgot or whatever. I mean, I didn't realize like Mare was a misting, Al, you know, Dachshund wasn't, you know, and that this being a new thing, I kept harping on it during our previous episodes because I was like, I didn't realize that Kelsier didn't have this until he went to the pits. And that was a major plot point was that he went to the pits um, and he snapped. And this is actually a big thing that comes up in the Cosmere again and again and again. There's only one world that we know of that you become in a highly invested individual individual without snapping in some yeah, way yeah without being broken in some way right and in the I, the concept is supposed to be that your spirit web you know gets cracks in it and that allows investors investor to get in um and i mean it's no it's no better you know it's it's it described best here in you know mistborn the other thing i had to look up was what was the deepness uh because i just forgot what the deepness was yeah. as a thing they believed it to be the mist no 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 so so here it is is the deepness was the mist. What happened was preservation realized things were happening. And this happens in book three, but it's mentioning, you know, again, that the, the, the mists go out and they start snapping people. And some people died as a result. So the Ska are understandably, you know, fearful of the mists. That's the funniest part about this is like we, you know, especially like when we're doing our discussions with the the non-spoiler you know with the new readers that are going to be listening along in our non-spoiler version we're talking about how the superstition with the skull you know it's their culture but it's kind of silly you know but it's funny because you see kelsier and other people walk in the mist fine yeah. why are they scared of it but then it's real it's there's a real reason right. the deepness was a real thing and um it gets mentioned here in Elendi's uh, epigraphs or the epigraphs. I think here. the thing too is they weren't even really as afraid. I don't actually think, you know, maybe I might be wrong, but I actually don't think that the 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 mist was actually snapping people when it was referenced as the deep. I really just think that it could have been, but I think the thing they focused on was the fact that the mist was making farming impossible. Yeah, yeah, that it, was the big. Problem. It killed. It killed everything, and it was a it was a consequence of preservation. You know, trying to get these alamancers up I, is one is my understanding of it. Yeah. Um. And uh. But that was the whole thing is that, you know, preservation even even a shard isn't able to just gift you with alamancy. Like you had to be you had to break. Uh. The only person that gets close to that later on is Ellen. But even then, I mean, he got stabbed and he was basically dead at that store and he took Lorassium in. Yeah. Um, but like, as far as we know, that's the only way you were able to get Alamancy without like snapping, snapping was taking in Lorassium. Yeah. And I, and I don't think he needed to be stabbed for that to happen too. Yeah. Because... It, that's, that's my understanding is that he, the, the original Mistborn were like, they were gifts. They were given that, but Alamancy other, other than that, you had to snap your spirit web or whatever before you could get that in. Um, and so Kelsier actually said, I snapped in the pits, you know, yep. um, Mare died and 
that wasn't enough. That it was it was the pits of Hassin that made it to where he was. He no, became a misborn. No, but that's what I'm saying. Mayor died in the pits because, if I remember correctly, and you know, I'll have better thought when we actually get to this point in the book. But I want to say Mayor found Atium and gave it to Kelsier because they were. It was Kelsier's last shot. He was going to be. If you came up too many times without Atium, the Taskmaster. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so Mare gave him it, and she said she found more, and she lied. And she lied, and then and she then ends up getting killed. She gets killed, and that's when he snaps. Yeah, and I mean, it's a really a tragic story. And when we get to the point of when he realizes, you know, that Mare may not have betrayed him, I really want to revisit that because I remember it, and as not being a very big deal. Uh, so hopefully, yeah. we'll be able to revisit that. Um, well, let's get let's get back on topic here because we're talking about all the fun things we're going to be talking about in future weeks. I want to talk point. to Marsh about Marsh. Uh, we don't. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't get much on Marsh yet. Up to oh yeah, point. we in a, in a couple of chapters we're going to get into Marsh. So okay, we'll we'll, we'll get into Marsh later. He gets he gets name dropped here, or Sir gets name dropped here. Yeah, oh, sorry, I bought his contract. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. When hearing the Condra, that that also made my hair stand up. Was talking yeah. about the Condra. Well, so that ha- so the big talking about the Condra happens in chapter six, which we'll be discussing oh, more next God damn it. week. Yeah. <laughs> y'all guys have to understand mac is just foaming at the mouth to get to chapter six on monday when we talk about the plan because the plan is so cool i'm over breaking down the plan Uh, i can't get over over talking about chapter mouth breeze gets to like mess around with uh mess around what's his name again Oh, Eden. Eden, yeah. Eden. He messes with Eden, be like, Eden, you don't even want to know what we're placed. It's, it's so <laughs> funny. Renew. It's so funny because Eden comes up and I'm like, uh, I, I don't even remember you. Like, he's, he just, he's, he's only a thing here. I mean, wasn't he the idiot that, like, destroyed all of Kelsier's planning with a stupid f- attack? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, for, I forgot. I, I, I forgot about Eden. Um, Eden, eat him out. Eat. Um, <laughs> And then I also forgot about Haze Killers, so I, I guess it's uh, one of those power creep things because once the later on, you know, once Mistborns are a thing, then yeah. all we care about are Mistborns. Well, it's not and even Steve, that. And Steel Inquisitors. The new Haze Killers, I call them the new Haze Killers at least. Once uh, That's like a book one thing. The new Haze Killers in book two were just thugs with dueling canes. Yeah, <laughs> that well, was, and that uh, was the Haze aluminum killers. billets. But I mean, for Arrow 2, yeah. For, for Arrow 1, it's thugs with dueling canes. Um, By the way... This is an honest thing that I actually kind of forgot about. Dueling canes, they're just like hard, like walking sticks. They're just, right? they're batons with like hand, they're basically like long police batons, from yeah, what I can see. But they don't even have the metal in the center, though, because they couldn't. So no, no, they're, they're just long. Wood. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're like, they're just big sticks, you know, that are designed to like hit people other than swords. I mean, history has shown big sticks work. No, no, and you know, uh, it, it. I'm not saying they're not, you know, formidable or deadly or you know potential or anything like that but they're not you know that big of a deal i don't know it just seems funny that this is built in the world building but it's just maybe is there something in history where they had something like that i don't know i mean staffs war staffs war staffs were a thing yeah they were a legitimate thing yeah oh oh, well see i mean but they had metal oh okay yeah (laughs) i mean i i think of like war hammers like you know when we imagine when i imagined a war hammer i think of like these huge things that no one could ever wield so yeah but an actual war hammer is just like a really long a hammer with like a really long like yeah so don't handle don't don't I'm not 100% sure. I'm just 90% sure. At least I looked up a little bit for, again, for D&D stuff. I looked up a little bit in weapons and trying to figure that stuff out. But apparently staffs were very effective because they would knock you clean out, right, if they hit you in the head. 
it was the reach a sword right. could not get in reach right right so. i mean that, i mean that, that's one of kaladin's things is that a, sta- a staff a spear is like such a huge weapon because of the reach um and i'm not and there's some really really neat people who can mm. wield some spears but anyway get back on getting back on onto this um well, what else do you kind of want to talk about spoiler wise with this because like again if we're trying to and we've done a poor job up to this point of limiting ourselves to chapter the prologue to chapter five what are the other big things that are spoiled here spoiled um well, we'll cause me like big, big implications um so i mean i i forgot what high pralines were honestly the funny thing is when i first read mistborn every time someone brought up an uh uh obligator i i pictured a still inquisitor oh um, okay and i don't know why um i i always thought oh they have spikes in their eyes but no they had the tattoos in their eyes yeah the steel inquisitors actually were the ones that were spiked mm-hmm. um and uh what i thought was interesting and we need to keep an eye on in future uh, future chapters is you know it's implied that they are able to pierce copper well not implied they say they can pierce copper clouds the steel inquisitors can pierce copper clouds um and they're supposed to be like really really good at spotting mm-hmm. mistings and things like that but they just they get lost um whenever they find Ven. like and i know that you know Ven's only one she's only burning trace metal so i'm sure she only gives like a little pulse you know probably not really difficult to find so oh yeah with her when it comes to beginning i want to say in the future episodes i want to say when that one steel inquisitor actually interacts and and follows Ven. that's when she freaks out because by that point she's had some misboring misborn training right and so she knows about copper clouds and then that that steel inquisitor sticks to her and she's like what the hell no no yeah, that's when they, that's in one of the chase scenes because yeah. they're like running away and the steel inquisitor keeps finding them and she's like look i know for a fact we should be away their only way he could be finding us is by you know through through alamancy but like in this case when they leave the inquis the obligator's office mm-hmm. um you know the quiz inquis steel inquisitor like loses them pretty quickly but i think that's probably for two reasons one Ven is no longer using her finger quotes, her luck. Uh, so she's not using that. Um, and two, she's only doing it like a little bit. And then Kelsier like tries to use, um, I think she, he tries to soothe the Steel Inquisitor. And then he's like, what the no, hell was that? No, um, so, so the thing is, I don't think he loses Ven. I really just think that like, like, I don't think they're, they're following Ven via luck. I think they're just literally going to follow Ven there. But what pulls the Steel Inquisitor's attention is the soothing, right? He goes, oh, someone, someone just willingly soothed me. One thing I did miss, though, is that they said he killed two spies. So yeah, Do- yeah, Doxon killed the two spies following. But it wasn't an obligator, and it wasn't a Steel Inquisitor. No, no, they were. F- so the Steel Inquisitor was assumed. The Steel Inquisitor was assumed that he left to chase Kelsier. Right, he did. The obligator is not going to go first. Right. Yeah, well, I don't think. He, yeah, I, 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 that kind of confused me in chapter three because I was like. I thought it was the obligator and the steel inquisitor that followed him, but clearly it was two other people. Yeah, um, because two, two lackeys. Because a high praline getting killed would have been a huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. Would it would have been yep. you know there wouldn't have been some some subtle thing there. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, and I think we actually skipped it. No, we didn't skip it. We actually did mention it, but it, we we kind of glossed over it. Was Ven uses pewter? Um, yeah, when when, when she's came, getting when, beaten. Yeah, by beaten by Cayman. Yep, and that was actually it. Wasn't even. It, it was very it was just glossed over but it's just funny rereading it to see that because you could have totally forgotten about that line mm-hmm. but she does yep. actually say some strength gets pulled into me and or something like that and she says like you know she gets pulled up and then it goes away and it's because yeah. she burns it so fast yep uh it's because like you said she's she's working off of trace metals 
And so. it's funny because she goes, oh, I think I do recall potentially having that. But you don't realize it was a chapter and a half ago. She actually yep. did totally do that. Yep. Um, and then she mentions her mugs. I think I think I think it's in the next chapter or next week. She mentions like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like the mugs we drink out of are made of pewter. Pewter, right, yeah. right. Because he because he says, oh, you must you might drink of this or you might use pewter utensils. He goes, oh yeah, yeah. But what I find funny is Brandon didn't find it upon himself, which. This is if I was an author and I was trying to like show, oh, I'm so smart. I look at this world building I did. I would be like, and then Vin remembered when Cayman was beating her, how she was able to pull some, you know, her strength out or whatever. And he doesn't do that. He just says that this happened. So it's just fun reading that on the second read through. Yeah. Uh, this is what I, I love to pull out for like experienced readers these are the people who've read this before to say like yeah i guess this was actually mentioned you know way earlier than i remember yeah and if anyone listening you know if there's things we missed like leave comments like tell us like we are happy to see things that we missed it's exciting to see these little things that brandon might have done and just in his foresight to to do hints and you know foreshadow things in the future like i guarantee there's going to be later chapters i'm going to be like oh yeah that was mentioned earlier and that's why i love about rereading this stuff is there's so many little things that i that i just completely missed like the reen you know quotes you know and then now knowing that they're most likely are ruined that they probably every single one of them probably is ruined yeah i mean that was just you know and you know other people might have this feeling but to me this this like that 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 discussion we just had was something that was actually brand new to me. You know, is Varun just gaslighting Vin big right. time? It's not. It was like Reen never actually was this way, or he might have been, but not to the extent that Vin remembers. Justice for Reen. <laughs> let's let's bring it back. Let's justice let's, for Reen. Can we can, can we get this on crim posting? Okay, like let's get <laughs> let's go in here and let's just crim post Reen. Reen did nothing wrong. Reen did nothing wrong. <laughs> um no i r slash f moash r slash reen did nothing wrong reen did nothing wrong i i think that would actually that would be a fun thing let's get that hashtag trending you know let's get it on twitter um or or whatever social media thing exists now that elon musk did that thing but oh boy (laughs) but um there was something else oh the the um on the epigraphs so we were talking about whether or not it was a linear harmony but there were some things. There's two epigraphs later. I know. I'm, I know. I keep trying to jump ahead, but um, one of the epigraphs reads, um, "Oh gosh, he says something about discord." Okay, he shall defend their ways, yet shall violate them. He will be their savior, yet they shall call him heretic. His name shall be Discord, and it's capital D Discord. Yet they shall love him for it. Now. We know harmony at the end of this thing. There is someone that, a word of Brandon, where he says, could harmony have become discord if he wasn't able to reconcile ruin and preservation? Could this be, this one line, this one epigraph, be a sign of something that happens in a later era? Does harmony become discord? Man, Brandon wouldn't do that to my boy, Sason. But he might, and and it could be. And I'm 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 just I'm gonna go out on the limb. I'm just, I'm gonna go buck wild here. I'm going off script. Could this be a re- a prediction of what happens? Does Trell corrupt Harmony? 
Ooh. Are we talking about the, the, the ending of Era 2, which Era is two. coming out real soon? Yes. I mean, I mean, we're already talking Lost Metal anyway. So could, the, you know, we there was a theory that Trell corrupted Odium, that Odium was actually just like passion or whatever, and he became like hatred and all these things that broke things. But um, I, I just can't get over this capital D Discord. And doesn't yeah. that make sense? It makes perfect sense that a shard, maybe a new shard, maybe some, maybe Harmony gets sniped, you know, mm. or or Harmony does become Discord. That Sazed the vessel becomes Discord because of something that happens, and we already kind of see that in Era Two, and we'll go over that obviously when we get there. That uh, Sazed, you know, is struggling a bit with reconciling his stuff he already said i was too easy on you guys and i held you back with giving you everything you needed and now i'm stepping back and now he you know wax is already saying look this you can't do this you're you're a god you're able to take care of these things you need to take care of it and he seems pretty cool with it now but maybe he doesn't maybe he starts trying to push things a little bit further because things get a little wild we'll find out in the lost metal probably maybe hopefully 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 but, but I wanted to point that out as like, you know, we saw the very first epigraph already give the ending to Era 1. Man. How could the seventh epigraph tell us what happens at the end of Era 2? Are we just going to like, and then the 22nd epigraph going to tell us the ending to Era 3? I, I'm literally hanging on a single word of the seventh epigraph and I cannot let it go. Oh, I, I've lost sleep over this freaking thing of discord and they will love him for it Ooh, you know they'll call him heretic you know could it be i'm kind of being the devil's advocate shoot it down right couldn't that just be rashik right like he be he became discord right because when he took over he never became a shard though i know no, he did. No, he didn't. He uh, became he, he, he didn't he became a fullborn. Yeah, he he took on the power. He he took on the power, and then he screwed everything. <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying that, but they no one, but people didn't love him for it. I'm. I mean. I mean, no, no, never. Not even the episode in era two when they realized, oh, Rashek might not have been a bad guy. They didn't go, oh yeah, the Lord Ruler, he was pretty cool. You know that genociding stuff. You know we all make mistakes. You <laughs> know, it it was it, it was the survivor. And it was harmo- harmony so, so get, that were get, worshipped. So get this. He will be their savior, yet they shall call him heretic. That's what they did to Rashik. He, he, in his eyes, he saved everyone because he'd stopped Alindi from giving the power up. And, and he may ter- have actually saved them. You no, know, he did. Straight yeah. up. Like, like, again, Rashik was just a guy really trying his best. Like, and his best ended up not being good enough in the end. That, that's all that was. But, like, in, and the terrorist people called him a heretic because they believed it was Alindi. Mm-hmm. They believe that he betrayed the terrorist prophecies. And then it says his name shall be Discord, yet they shall love him for it. And so in my eyes, I think what ended up happening here was, you know, he was supposed to be Preservation's ace in the hole, but he ended up being Runes. Mm-hmm. And the people that loved him for what happened, the first terrorist people did when the when he made them into Chondras, they swore to serve him forever because they saw afterwards what he had done and they loved him for it. That's why they keep saying mm-hmm. the one person we will never betray is the Lord ruler. We will not betray father. And I want to say like, and when, when Ten Soon's protecting Vin, right? Like he's like, he's saying 
she's the new contract holder. She's the new first contract because she killed father. And so we now have to give her the same respect we gave him. Mm. And so that's kind of, I'm just being devil's advocate. Sorry, I'm not trying to. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here, which that to me feels a lot more likely, but your idea would be way cooler. <laughs> my, my idea would be way cooler. I, I it just, The only reason I, the only reason I get a pit in my stomach about it is because I freaking love my boy. You know, your says it's awesome. Harmony's really, really cool. And he, he shall defend their ways, yet he will violate them. He he defends preservation's goal, which is to stop, is to prevent ruin from regaining his power. Yet he violates the terrorist prophecies. Okay, we'll see. I'm just I'm just saying, if it, if it happens, you heard it here first. You know, you, you heard it here first. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's Matt. Thanks for listening to the Ontos Podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.